When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everybody. This is Hondo Carpenter from Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation, Las Vegas Raiders Insider Podcast. It's great to have you here today, as always, joined by my dear friend, the great Johnny Schott. Now, for Christmas today, he's wearing his hat. But our first show of the new year, John, you got to introduce introduce the show with a riff, okay? Yes, will do. Absolutely. The fans are demanding it. So can you do the introduction? Can you do uh, enter the Sandman, the intro? Um, I don't know that one, but I've done it before. The thing is, if I do it here, it's going to trip off all kinds of crazy stuff. So I've got something cool that sounds familiar um, that that will be that will work. If it works so well, it'll take right off and become the open to the show. Uh, but I got something in mind. But yeah, if you if you start playing something note for note you get a you'll get some some tricky digital trouble as people know out there oh i didn't know that all right yeah. johnny let's dig right into it. we got a lot a lot we're going to talk about today we got a lot of raiders my article yesterday my one-on-one with the general manager went viral we're going to talk about that and then i got some nfl things i want to get to but i made the decision with my article that published yesterday at 9 eastern in the morning uh, excuse me, 9 Pacific, 12 noon Eastern, my one-on-one with Champ Kelly. I didn't want it to be about the Raiders. I wanted fans to get to know him, his philosophies, what built him, what made him, went back to his time with the Broncos, with the Bears, and all of it. It's not a matter of if he's going to get a general manager job. It's when, and it may not be with the Raiders. It may be with the Raiders. I'm rooting for him. I hope it is with the Raiders. But he's going to get a chance. And because we didn't know that it was going to be the Raiders, I thought that was the best way to go. Did, did what, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I think it is actually important to have some idea of who Champ Kelly is. It's not like he's a guy that everyone knows in and out. You know, a lot of the guys at that level of the NFL, the general manager, the front office level, we don't know that much about. Uh, it takes us time to know some of their names. And over time, maybe we get to know some of the names. Most of the names we don't know. If you ask people who the Patriots general managers were during their great run, you're going to hear um, some different answers and, and, and some big holes. Um, at the same time, there is a real importance at the NFL level to understand um, what a general manager is after. We've seen some really weak sauce general managers just kind of stay and blow in the wind while somebody else is pulling the strings. And I don't mm-hmm. know that that's what you want. What you want to understand if you are a franchise that's going to get behind Champ Kelly is what is Champ Kelly uh, going with? 
Uh, is he a guy that like is say, hey, every team is different. We're going to try to put each team in the best position to win, kind of like a coach would, kind of like Belichick and Saban did on their on their great special, explaining every single team is different. You have to coach them all a little bit differently. The key is to find what can we do to put the team in the best spot to win, not try to jam a square peg into a round hole. So at this time for Champ Kelly, I think that was a good thing because you can look pretty hard out there and there's not a ton out there about what's behind Champ Kelly and who he is and kind of where he comes from. So I imagine around the sport, that's going to get some eyeballs because uh, it's not a, a readily known set of facts. People are not like, oh yeah, Champ Kelly, he's the guy from this school and then he went here and then he did that. Mm-hmm. He's not my not not picking on Mike Shanahan, but a lot of people know Mike Shanahan's history, and he wasn't really a GM, obviously mostly a coach, but that is plain as day. Everyone knows that. Everyone knows John Gruden's history. This is a different cat, a very important one, and a very important time for his career because the next step could be a big one. Now we turn to the Raiders, who come off a zero point with Minnesota. 63 with the Chargers, the biggest ever in NFL history to go from zero to 63. Point franchise record for the Raiders at 63 points. Historic, absolutely historic. Um, The way that Antonio Pierce is leading this team, you cannot deny it. Again, you can argue whether or not you want him. I'm rooting for him to get the job. But I think you cannot deny his thumbprint on what he's done on this team. And I think he has now emerged as a guy, whether it's the Raiders or not, he's going to get a chance as a head coach. He's proven that. I think he's done an exceptional job. Your thoughts on the job Antonio Pierce has done? Yeah, I I, I think to be fair, he's done a good bit better than it would have expected. Anyone would have expected. Take anybody and put them in the position he was in, the team, the timing, I don't think you'd expect quite these results. Um, To see a jump or a boost the first week or two would be expected. Nobody wants to hang a zero on a board ever. Obviously, nobody wants to hang a zero on a board, but to go from a zero to a 63 actually brings a lot more attention and eyeballs to Antonio Pierce. Like, what's going on in Las Vegas? What? It's obviously unprecedented it's not necessarily something anyone wants to see again because you've got to hang a zero in there and that's a whole large bet that you're ever going to see any kind of spread from zero to 63 but i do think pierce has taken great advantage of his interim head coaching i think from the very start the very first move he made with the offensive coordinator was interesting we see personnel moves that he may or may be not part of obviously kelly is a part of um happening just in the last couple days suggesting that they're continuing to coach this this is not going into cruise control now obviously it shouldn't go into cruise control when you've got the chiefs on the docket but some franchises are in cruise control or some look like they're kind of heading off of they're heading into a pasture in charlotte for example antonio Mm -hmm. pierce is standing out I don't know where he would have sat in the list of potential head coaching candidates before the year, but right now you got to have him really pretty high up there because there's actual game experience of what he's done. And as I talked about last time, it is going to be a different Antonio Pierce, the first full season that he's got. It's not going to be dramatically different, 
But if anything, I would expect it to find a different gear. He won't be an interim coach again, but he has to this point done a better job than I think anyone could have reasonably expected he would do taking that thing over. He attacks the game. Um, he is leads from the front. These guys love him. Now, I'm going to tell you how big of a job I think he's done. I think the Chiefs are not as good as they were even the last time they played them. I think the Raiders are better than the last time they played them. I still think to go up to Arrowhead and to any road win is, is stealing one in the NFL. I've written that before from Don Shula. But to go up there and, I mean, have a very competitive, tight game, to go up there and fight is all that you can ask. I, to me, that's what I'm looking for. I still have not made my prediction. Originally, I predicted that they would lose this game. Uh, you know, I'm still leaning towards that because I think, but I, to me, this is a much closer game than I ever thought it would be. And that's a testament to Antonio Pierce. It is. And as fundamental as it sounds, part of the testament is he has done enough and consistently to put the feature players, put the ball in their hands as much as they can on offense. We've seen that. Mm -hmm. We've seen the ball go to Adams more. We've seen the ball go to Jacobs more. We've seen a development of a tight end in progress that the guy over there on that side of the screen said was coming. On the other side of the ball, uh, we've seen mastery performance by Max Crosby. We've seen other guys. Um, it's not so easy to just plain feature them like you can when you put the ball in their hand, but that has stood out from Antonio Pierce. And yes, the Chiefs are not in disarray, but we have not seen them this upset before. They have an issue with the ball, catching the ball, holding the ball for a completion. We've seen that this year. I don't, it doesn't look like it's just going like to go away. It really is something. We've seen upset Pat Mahomes like we haven't seen before, and even Andy Reid. They have some real issues that I think they've got some likes to stand on. They've been a victim of some bad calls. I think they handled the offsides thing dead wrong. The wide receiver just should have raised his hand and said, I was offside. I don't know how he couldn't have looked and seen that. Now, they may have a, a point that the official's supposed to say something, but as everyone has pointed out rightfully, it doesn't remove the fact that you're offside. But to blow it up that much, not sure how effective that was. This is a curious time for the Chiefs. I don't think we're going to see the Chiefs just blow the Raiders out at all on Christmas Day. I, I don't see that coming. We'll get to predictions when we need to get to them. But I'm kind of with you. I think this is going to be a – I don't know that it's going to be a totally gettable game, but it's going to be a game that um, the Raiders should have a chance to hang with the Chiefs. And the, if they can hang with them and compete for all 60 minutes, it's possible they could steal one. The Chiefs are not the same Chiefs that we've seen in past years. Not right now. No. You've done this with me for years, and you know I have 10 criterium that I judge every game on. And coming into the season of the 10, I had the Chiefs 7-3, uh, where I thought seven of the 10 really pointed to the Chiefs, three pointed to the Raiders. It's not that far away on this one anymore. I think Antonio Pierce, I mean, his staying with Aiden O'Connell, moving Bo Hardigree up to the box, John, all these little adjustments that he's making, bringing – 
you know, going and saying, listen, Jack Jones can fit in our locker room. Look at what he, look at that. I mean, to me, that was the most beautiful pick six I've ever seen in my life last week. It was unbelievable. Just looking at how he has this team ready. And now they got confidence. And you know, as well as anyone, you've been doing this a long time as I have. Confidence means everything. Peyton Manning's first year, there were people saying he was a bust. And he just started getting confidence and started getting better. I'm not saying Aiden O'Connell is Peyton. I'm not saying he isn't. But, you know, the last time he played the Chiefs, he he I think he had the best rating in the NFL among quarterbacks. It was 120. He continues to play better. I'm, I, I still have not made up my mind here, John. I'm telling you, I, I go back and forth on this one. It's very, very fascinating to me. I want to talk to you about another critical thing that I think is really important with these Raiders. And it's the fact that you don't see them repeating mistakes. It is almost, I'm 52 year old man. If you would have told me at any time in my career, including after the Detroit lion game before Josh, yeah, even afterwards, that the Raiders would be the least penalized team in the NFL at any point in my lifetime. I'd have told you, not no, that's just not their psyche. It's not who they are. But man, Antonio has hammered the point. We can't afford to beat ourselves. We're not good enough to beat ourselves and the other people. I mean, you mentioned a minute ago the Chiefs have had a few bad calls against them, and that's true. But after years of getting all the calls, it is just a drop in the bucket. What he's done there, the way avoiding sacks, the way Aiden O'Connell has done it, his QB rating going up the thing, his quarterback and offense looks terrible against Minnesota, no points. He makes no personnel changes, but gets his OC up in the box, puts a, puts a respectful boot to the can of the quarterback. Listen, I believe in you. Go attack. Don't look over your shoulder. Go do it. I mean, when you look at every single thing he's done, Malcolm Koontz changing how they coached him. Now he looks like a emerging superstar defensive end across from Max Crosby. Tyree Wilson getting moved to the inside, rushing for, which was Patrick Graham, but in, 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 in association with Antonio Pierce listening to his coaches. When you look at the impact of the of, of him, it's pretty phenomenal, isn't it? It is, and we probably underrate confidence because, as Jack Nicholas once said, he said something like, you know, you can take three years to build it up and it can go away really quickly. Um, go away in a couple swings from a golf analogy. What the Raiders look like is a team that's not trying to do too much in the past. And we can look around the league right now and see teams that maybe have players that are trying to do so much that it's, it's really hurting the other 10 on the field and it's making a difference. We saw that in the Eagles game on Monday night, uh, pointed out pretty clearly uh, by a defensive back trying to do too much on a play late in the game. We haven't seen the Raiders do too much of that. And when you talk about not beating yourselves, that's a place that you can point at. The penalty thing is beyond belief, really. It's actually so far beyond belief. I know a lot of Raider fans are just probably frozen solid. Like, let's get through the end of the year because this is this is too good to be true. This is too good to be true that we don't have a massive deficit in the flags 
let's get through the year and then actually when it's all in ink add it up and be like holy cow those are some of the intangible things that i don't think you can predict when a coaching change is made that's going to happen because it doesn't always or usually happen usually what happens when there's an interim coach especially at the college level is you see uh basically more selfish play than less less disciplined play than more and you maybe see some out of character dumb things that people do on the field we haven't seen that and it to everyone's very clear perception it's not because antonio pierce has been tightening the leash too much everyone knows that that might have been what happened in the past too tight a leash not enough celebrating the wins etc at the same time this isn't just loosey-goosey go do what you want fun and gun so maybe this is a product of Pierce playing when he did, of Pierce coaching at the level that he did, learning from the great head coaches, uh, really who've had successful careers like Herm Edwards that he was under. He's got the finger on the pulse of this group. And he may have, this is just one of those things that I don't think you can predict. But when you want to look for examples and evidence, are they playing smart? Are they playing physical? Are they playing 60 minutes? Are they beating themselves consistently? It's one thing to get beaten by the Chiefs because they're a more talented team. Imagine if the Raiders were doing some of the things the Chiefs have been doing lately. If they go out and drop a bunch of balls, if they go out and take a bunch of dumb penalties, if they go out and they, they don't line up correctly, if they line up offsides, we'd be saying a whole different story. Yes, the credit goes to Pierce and the staff and the players for doing that this far. And yeah, to be honest, it is a surprise. This is not something people around the NFL were expecting was going to show up when Antonio Pierce took over. I think they were expecting the car to start shaking and rumbling and, and leaking oil and maybe losing a door and then kind of coming to a barely stop here at the end of the season. Yeah, I interim rich Versace was the first interim situation that i really watched with my own eyes that it didn't come off the rails um if you look at percentages and i've seen a lot of the interim as you know um they just normally are utter failures this has been nothing this has been an utter success um and i really think he's positioned himself i'm going to tell you john i've not yet made my prediction but I am I am really leaning towards I think the Raiders are going to get this one. I, I really do. Just based on some things I can't talk about and based on some things I can, they're more disciplined. If they go up there and play the way they've been playing. Now, listen, they're not scoring 63. I'm not even remotely implying that. They don't have to score 63 to beat the Chiefs. But – Man, I'm leaning towards it. It's going to be an interesting pick for me. You know how serious I You know, before the year, I had said if Jimmy Garoppolo stayed healthy for 17 games, I thought they would have won nine. And that was my prediction for the season. Obviously, Jimmy didn't. Obviously, the coach was fired. But I'm going to tell you now, the way AP's coaching right now, if he had coached all 17 and had training camp and OTAs and mini camp, I think this is probably a 10 or 11 win team, probably an 11 win team. And, and that tells you a lot about Antonio Pierce. It's going to be, I, I said, when he got the job, it's his job to make this very difficult on uh, Mark Davis. And uh, let me just go to the next one. If he beats the chiefs, do you see a scenario in which Mark Davis doesn't name him the head coach? 
barring something unbelievable in the final two. Um, no, I, I don't. I would think that that would practically clinch the thing because everyone on earth who's familiar with the NFL knows that in order to win your division, you're going to have to beat the Chiefs. So if you actually have a coach that did it and had a chance certainly to compete in an argument, not a chance really to win the first one, but competitive for a, a, ch a chunk of it, yeah, um, I think that probably would. Now, in a perfect world, of course, you, you run the table and win the last two. The last one's got a name brand on it, too, that fans are important to, to pay attention to. But, yeah, I mean, if you're anybody in this position, in an interim position in this division, and you beat the Chiefs, your candidacy has to go way, way, it has to go way up. So I didn't really think of it as a cherry on the top type of situation coming up this week. Um, we obviously don't know what's going to happen in the game, but if they find a way to beat the Chiefs at Arrowhead, I would think that that is a cherry on the top of the candidacy for Antonio Pierce to be named the permanent head coach uh, for the Raiders, most likely after the year. I don't know what upside there would be to do it before, but yeah, that would be something. John, before the Chargers game, I went out into the tailgate lots. Those people were amazing. I, I just I don't I don't even really have enough words to describe it. And I'm gonna tell you, I I I heard I kept hearing something that really resonated with me. AP's one of us. AP's one of us. AP grew up Cali, grew up a Raider fan. He gets it. This is not like any other NFL team. There's none like it. They have their own culture. I'm not saying other teams don't have a culture. Belichick wasn't a Patriot. He became a Patriot. Um, Holmgren became a, a Packer. Jimmy Johnson became a cow. Rich Bisaccia became a Raider. Totally. I give him that credit. John Madden was a Raider. AP is a Raider. I, it's just, he resonates. The fans really liked John Gruden. Some of them didn't, but the most part, just really liked him. They really, really like Rich. They love AP. AP is one of them. It, it reminds me of a John Madden, where even when John was in the booth and making video games, every reader, that's that's our John Madden. That's our guy. It, it's, it's a unique relationship. I find it fascinating. Yeah, the, the connection that he has uh, with where he grew up, um, that is unique and the it it just fits very well there's a visual appeal you don't have to be a raider fan to see antonio pierce on the sideline like oh that's a guy that kind of makes a lot of sense there he played which raiders head coaches have obviously there've been some that have played he is of an era connected deeply with one of the stops the Raiders had in Los Angeles, it does seem to be a pretty natural fit. Um, for example, I mean, you can think of um, other guys that wouldn't be as clearly natural a fit. 
Uh, I like Jason Garrett. I think he's a really smart head coach, a smart offensive coordinator. If he was the Raiders head coach, it wouldn't be as natural a fit. Um, even, um, you know, Mike Tomlin was not a stealer. He's in ink as a stealer. He will always be a stealer. Um, even, you know, if he was in the Raiders, it, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't fit as well. It'd be like, hey, here's a guy from a total other organization. Pierce does seem to be a natural fit. And to his credit so far, he doesn't look like a guy that's going to screw it up. And I think there's a lot of Raider fans that want some stability, that want some commitment, that want some common sense thinking for somebody in a position of playing, coaching, whatever, that's not going to screw it up because there have been screw-ups in recent time. I think sometimes we underestimate that a little bit. Some people just want relative quiet, professional, and some success without screwing the thing up big time. There's a little yeah, value. I'm, gonna tell you. I'm sorry, John, go ahead. Oh, I was just, there, there's a little value. There's a little more value to that maybe than there should be because of what's happened in the past five years. And I think Pierce gets that. He's not blind. He knows what's happened. You can't miss it. I got to tell you, the thing that in the four years I've covered the the Raiders that I see that I'm lacking in this franchise is stability. They thought they had it with Gruden. They didn't. Had a chance with the Bisaccia, went a different direction. Bring in Josh. Gone. AP has come in and said, this is who we are. This is what we're going to do. He works great with Champ. They have brought some normalcy. Now, talking about the Raiders, and all of a sudden the normalcy is discipline, no penalties, attacking. Man, I loved what he said at halftime. He told the team, I don't care about the score, foot on the gas. I mean, everything that you think is Raider is Raider now, other than the penalties. And I I will tell you this. I hear a lot from fans, Mark Davis doesn't care. And that's horse crap. Absolute horse crap. I've not always agreed with every decision he's made. But I have never questioned his heart nor his commitment. And his desire to get it right is admirable. But I hope he doesn't overthink this. And and whether he goes with them or not, that's not what I'm talking about. Just don't overthink it. It's still a game. And I hope that he doesn't so badly want to get the next shiny object or, or, or listen to people who aren't Raiders. I mean, he listened to his team when he made the change. He needs to listen to his fans and his team when he makes a decision. That's just my personal opinion. All right, John, I got some NFL. I'm sorry. What do you want to add? Go ahead. I like the idea. Don't overthink a no brainer. And I also yep. like the idea of take the lesson and apply it forward. We've seen the team do that with Antonio Pierce. I think we're going to see that with Mark Davis, who maybe overthought it um, when deciding, oh, I can have this with Josh McDaniels, it just didn't work out. So I hear what you're saying, and I think we're going to see that in practice in the coming in the coming months. I hope so. For the Raiders, I hope so. All right, John, got some NFL topics I want to talk to you, but then we're going to come back and finish with the Raiders. 
First of all, we're seeing a new trend in the NFL about internal suspensions. Talk to the fans and the listeners about that. This did make some news earlier this week when the Colts suspended a wide receiver and a cornerback for three games. Whenever this happens at this time, red flags are going to go up and say, is this a gambling issue? It's just going to happen by default. We don't know if it is yet, but this is a strange move from a sometimes strange operating franchise in Indianapolis, taking two players, suspending them internally. We probably will never know what happened there unless there's some NFLPA issue that comes public or there's some leaking, but this is a strange thing. I wonder if this will become a trend. I don't know if it does the franchise any good when you have such a tight roster, but this is something that caught our eye because we don't see this every day. Let's see if this becomes a trend or if this is just a Ursay moment, if you will. Yeah, and we have no idea what it was about. Jalen Hurts made some comments about complacency. That Well, I think that's what they were about. He said commitment. Right, I'm sorry, Com- commitment, yes. I'm sorry, my fault. Commitment. And and to me, it resonated, is, is he talking about complacency? I know you felt the same thing. Uh, and before we, I have you answer this, I want to say something. Um, familiar with Jalen from his time in Alabama. Um, this is a very ethereal guy. He's super smart. Jalen Hurts one of the smartest people you've ever been around. He just – his football IQ is through the roof. So when he starts talking about commitment, I'm thinking mm, complacency set in. You were thinking it. Let's discuss that for a minute. It's natural, and he comes from uh... – Spending time with Nick Saban, who would tell you it's natural to to trend towards average. It's natural to be complacent. I think what Hertz is saying is some of the issues we're having in Philadelphia are because of the natural implant in the players' brains that this is not the Super Bowl or the playoffs. We've seen this over and over and over again. Teams make it very far. Sometimes they barely make the playoffs the next year or they struggle to get it. And it's just natural to, to, to know in the back of your head that this is not the playoff knockout game. This is not the Super Bowl. And it's to the detriment. It's your own human nature that you have to fight against. And I think Hertz is, I don't think he's suggesting that these guys aren't committed to practicing, learning the playbook, uh, staying in shape, eating right, et cetera, that you have to do during the season. He may have not, I think what he may be saying is we may just be a little naturally complacent. It's a dangerous thing to play with. You know, we saw the Falcons make a great run, lose a Super Bowl for a combination of reasons and a bad overtime rule, lost. And they're actually back and they're running on that complacency train and they get to Philadelphia um, in a playoff game and Julio Jones drops the ball and that's pretty much the end of their run. Uh, that's a recent example, not to pick on Julio, but that, that's a recent example of a team that ran maybe a little complacent. We see this over and over. We're going to see it again. Uh, I don't know that we saw it too much with the Bengals, which is to their credit. Um, but that's a franchise right now that's getting hot, as healthy as they can be, but that's a one that looks like they've figured out, hey, we've got to fight against this. The Eagles, I guess you would call them struggles because it feels like they should be a couple games ahead. I don't know that Hurts meant so much they were commitment-based as natural complacency. 
that's what it looks like to me and maybe to you that they may be just a little bit short of being sharp because in the back of their eagle heads, they know this is not the playoffs. This is not when we need to be at our best and flip that switch. It's a dangerous game to play. I'm going to say I want to turn attention to some hot teams, but I want to talk about the Dallas Cowboys for a minute. They are a team that essentially since Troy Aikman's been gone, um, you just can't buy into them. You just can't. They always have that. Well, I guess I can't say that because I don't want to get a ton of blowback, but they always have that team that um, looks great on paper, all kinds of talent, but not the best team. They just seem to implode at the wrong. There's an old saying Drew Stanton uh, said to me. He go. We were talking about a particular player in the league, and who the player was doesn't matter. But he goes, they're just good enough to get you in the hunt, but not good enough to win it. They and he was talking about. I want to be careful so nobody knows who I'm talking about. But he was talking about just certain mentalities the Cowboys are that team just when anyone starts to believe in them is when you realize you shouldn't be believing in them. What an utter disappointment. And to me, it was that way with McCarthy. It's been that way with everybody they have. The only common denominator with Parcells, they were a little bit different, but when other than Jimmy Johnson, Jerry Jones has run that franchise. And to me, it's about Jerry. What's the sign, the shiny new thing? Let's look good. To me, how does anyone find room to believe in the Cowboys? I think the biggest room to believe in the Cowboys is that they are perpetually a little more overrated and overmarketed. And Jones drives that. Um, I think that's probably why we get where we get. I think the Steelers were essentially America's team 15 years ago when they were the Ravens and Steelers was the best rivalry in, in pro sports, not even close. And the Steelers were really about as popular as the Cowboys. I think that bothered Jerry Jones. And I think you saw the wheels start to turn to get us back where we need to be is quote unquote America's team. So with that in the picture, you've always got an extra push for the Cowboys to be marketed and they're probably a little overrated and overhyped. And you probably need a coach that's going to push back against that really hard. Um, we got an insight a little bit into what Jason Garrett did in, in the season with, which was basically a season large hard knocks. And you saw some struggles there. You saw some conflict in his own staff and he couldn't, he couldn't figure out how to get rid of that to get everybody going one direction arguably wasn't a strong enough head coach. Did he get as much out of that talent as he should have? We look back and say, probably so. You know, you always have to consider with the Cowboys that they're probably a little overrated. Sometimes they get guys after their prime. Sometimes they get guys that that um, just cash in the checks and, and kind of cruise. And to their credit, they find some guys. And obviously, they've got a phenomenal talent on defense in Micah, Micah Parsons. But when they go lay an egg like that, and we talked about it on this show because I, I, I saw it coming. I saw Buffalo's last stand. They're going to throw. But the Cowboys, they didn't look like they got on the trip. 
You want to talk about a, an example of complacency? That might have been it. Um, there's 53 guys on the roster. You can't expect the quarterback or the leader to pull every single person along with them. Some people didn't get on the plane there. If this is something to steal a line from Mike McDaniel watching the, the hard knocks after they blew it against Tennessee, if the Cowboys can figure out how to use this to their advantage, if they can take the lessons from the monstrous egg they laid in Buffalo and apply it, then you may be able to see them turn course and get better from here. I am interested in what the Cowboys do from the Buffalo loss. Do they play better? Do they get better from it? Or is this a sign that this car, like we talked about earlier, is this car going to lose a door? It's going to throw a rod. It's going to clunk to the end and get whacked out of the playoffs early as they have been. To defend the Cowboys and Tony Romo specifically, he got too much criticism for, I didn't win this playoff game or whatever. If you're going to count playoff games, you better give credit when somebody has earned a buy. In my book, that counts as a win. So if you're going to criticize playoff losses, if you've earned a buy, you better count that as a win for any quarterback. To be fair, the Cowboys are probably not going to get a buy. It, it not what we just saw. If they get knocked out in the first round, it's going to be interesting. And because, as you laid out, the backstop of everything is general manager, coach, owner, string puller, Jerry Jones, there's not as much accountability or flexibility in that organization. They pretty much go as Jerry Jones sets them up to go, for better, for worse. All right, let's talk about some hot teams in the NFL. To me, the two hottest, San Francisco and Baltimore. Uh, on fire. I still can't believe San Francisco lost two in a row. It, it, we, I cannot believe. We cannot believe it. That was a long time ago. They're not losing two in a row again. Right now. No, people, pe people that I know in that organization, though, said it wasn't an excuse and nobody came out and made it, but they, they were battling sickness on the team it was really really bad and nobody came out and made an excuse of it they just took their losses and kept going i remember you and i talking about it at the time i'm like eh, the the rumors of their demise are highly overrated i i think that but but you know who i'm excited for lamar jackson so many people said oh you know he's not a real quarterback you know he can't throw the football but wow get him some weapons and he's shown everybody. I, I've been so happy for him. He's such a good guy, just a great guy. Everybody that knows him loves him. I'm I'm happy for him. But to me, those are the two hottest teams. Yeah. I know you kind of throw Buffalo in there well, and the Natty. Let's talk. Yeah, I mean, well, the great thing about Lamar Jackson is it looks like he's a situational player. He was asked to run the offense a certain way, ran it very successfully, and now they're running another way and he can do it. It's a it's a wild thing to think about. Not many guys can do it. Let's see where his career goes from here because he could be absolutely cruising into the Hall of Fame if he can keep this thing going. They are hot. They are Ravens. They have a culture. Cincinnati caught something in that Jacksonville game. They actually snatched it from Jacksonville. There's no doubt they are making a real push to the playoffs. It's interesting because it's such a veteran team. 
it's not a team that was complacent. It's a team that had bad luck before the season even started with that injury that Burrow had. Then he gets another one. Now Jamar Chase looks like he may be banged up. Maybe the Bengals are just too beat up to keep this thing going. And Buffalo, I saw this coming. I thought Buffalo was going to be a wild card team that makes it to the Super Bowl. They're on their last legs. I think they're too injured. They've got other distractions, but they seem to know it's December, and they they also look like a team that can take the momentum that they just destroyed the Cowboys with and take it into another gear. So we're watching that, but I'm agreeing with you. The two at the top are very clear. There's no sign that either San Francisco or Baltimore is going to trip up anytime soon. Think about this. If the Raiders go up and get a win at the Chiefs, It's very conceivable they win those last two. And let's let's say that they were able to sneak into this into the playoffs. Who really wants to face that team with that momentum getting better? I'm not saying they're a Super Bowl team because I don't think they are. But still, you know, how many times have you and I heard Izzo talk about matchups, playoffs, final fours, tournaments are about matchups. That Raider team, if they're able to go up there and beat the Chiefs at the Chiefs. They're a dangerous out right there. That'll be a fascinating one for me. All right, John, let's get to our featured foursome picks this week. Then we're going to get back to Raiders. Four <laughs> best games of the week are very simple this week. And in one way, we have a knockout game. It's Cincinnati at Pittsburgh. Somebody's getting knocked out. The bottom line is somebody is getting knocked out. The curveball in the situation, I think, is Chase. You've got injury issues on the other side. The Steelers are too big a mess. The Bengals are going to go in there and do a little roar on them. Bengals, I agree with you 100%. Jacksonville at Tampa should not have been important. It is. We are seeing the maturation process of the Jaguars uh, stumble a little bit. It started with Cincinnati. It just plain did. They haven't looked great on the big national stages. All of a sudden, this becomes a little more important with the standings for Jacksonville than it is for Tampa. It's time for the Jaguars to go in there and take it. The Battle of... Yeah, I'm going to take Jaguars myself in a, a, okay. a Florida-style battle. Of course, Baltimore San Francisco. We just talked about them. This, of course, is going to be couched as a potential Super Bowl preview. I don't know that that will be the case, but I would like the odds of at least one of these teams being in the Super Bowl. Long way west for Baltimore into San Francisco. I like what's going on with Chase Young and Nick Bosa. I like it a lot. San Francisco is going to eat. Yeah, I think San Francisco eats eats here pretty good. I, if it was at Baltimore, I would take Baltimore. I'm taking San Francisco. It's going to be one to watch. And then, yes, we've got to see Dallas at Miami. How does Dallas respond? Well, they need to take a page from Miami. Miami responds brilliantly from a come-for-the-head trip-and-fall loss to Tennessee on Monday night to a plain waxing shutout six days later, Dallas in trouble. Miami is coming. I like the Dolphins, not 30 to nothing, but I like them big and watch out for panic in Big D. Yeah, Dolphins. It's it's there. That's a unique place to play. Uh, I'm riding with the Dolphins all day long. All right, John, now back to the Raiders. Time for your prediction. Score. Who wins? What's the score? I think I hear what you're saying, that um, 
the, the Raiders don't need to score a million, but I think it needs to be in the 20s. I think the ideal situation is 25 points or more. I think that's there for them, but I don't think they get there. I like the Chiefs 28 to 20 in not quite a woulda, coulda, shoulda, but a game that's even a step closer than it was uh, last time they played earlier this year. I like the Chiefs 28-20 and a little bit of a frustrator for the Raiders. And I'll make my prediction later in the week. John, as always, it's great to have you here. Now, remember, you are listening uh, to our podcast. Thank you for joining us. I'm Hondo Carpenter from Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation, Las Vegas Raiders Insider Podcast, part of the Fans First Sports Network. Johnny's got a podcast on the Fans First as well called The Spartan Pride. Appreciate all of you. Remember, if you just want to listen to the audio, you can go listen to us on Spotify or Apple or wherever you get your pods, as well as we, I do an additional podcast every day, five to 10 minutes, riding with Hondo and Dexter, just giving you some inside scoop on the team. Follow me on Twitter at Hondo Carpenter at H-O-N-D-O-C-A-R-P-E-N-T-E-R or on Instagram. It is at Hondo SR. We'll see you all there. Thanks for joining us today. Bye-bye, everybody. This has been a Las Vegas Raiders Insider production on the Fans First Sports Network. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.